WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 20th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, high 47. Tonight and overnight, clear, low 35. And then Thursday, sun. High 44. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 29 and clear in Yonkers up in Westchester County, 28 and clear in Lakewood down in New Jersey, and it is 30 and clear here in Midtown. A whole lot to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Tough night for so many who live near the Passaic River in northern New Jersey. The river spilled over its banks yesterday afternoon. Uh, The water continued to rise in to last night. Uh, firefighters, first responders making all kinds of rescues for people who were trapped in their homes. Now, many of these families were warned ahead of time, hey, this is going to be bad. You should get out. A lot of them did not listen. Some of them are still trapped in their homes as we speak, waiting for the water to recede. But as we were watching it late last night, it was still rising. In people in certain neighborhoods there, uh, Lincoln Park, in Wayne, in Little Falls, in Patterson, say this is about as bad as they can remember, at least over the last decade or so. It is bad. So uh, it was about 2 o'clock in Little Falls yesterday in the afternoon that the mayor there alerted residents that the flooding would be imminent. And they said, here's your last chance to get out before it gets really bad. That town is really surrounded by water. And it did get bad. There were rescues made uh, late into the night. And at some point, they pulled back those first responders just to make sure that they were okay because the water got so high. While it is at its highest height, uh, you know, they certainly uh, rescuing them in those locations is not an easy task. It's something that may at some point become impossible. Yes. So, of course, so much of this is uh, the timing, of course, horrendous around Christmas. And then how long will it take the water to recede? And what is places like Little Falls going to look like when that water starts to recede a little later today. We're going to have a period of uh, sustained levels of the river, and then it'll start to recede. My heart really breaks for for everybody this time of year that's dealing with this. Keeping families in their homes for the holidays is certainly more important than a pump burning out. Little Falls, yeah, they're going to run those pumps to get the water out of there in Little Falls. Little Falls uh, hoping the governor declares a state of emergency to help with the costs of the response. Uh, Same holds true in Patterson. Uh, As the day turned to dusk there, families watched on as the river rose, then crested, uh, wreaking what was really a second round of havoc on the already waterlogged city. The rain from Monday storms was bad, but it just got worse from the river. I had to get used to this life. You know, I've never, never lived around flooded areas. Yes, we should point out some of these places are places that flood often, but others are not. They're seeing water in places they have not before. Uh, Again, in Patterson, lots of rescues over the last uh, 12 to 15 hours. Uh, One man who needed dialysis had firefighters rushed in to get to him. A 14-year-old, she was home alone, stuck in her house. They were able to get to her. We had a whole host of issues relative to 
cars being stuck and accidents as well. I know people, you know, try to drive through and think that their cars are going to make it. It just, it, it, it puts everybody in a bad position, especially the rescuers having to go in there to rescue them. Yeah, it's so amazing. I mean, with all the other rescues they have to make from people from their homes, there's still people trying to drive through this flood waters. In Patterson, by the way, public schools were closed yesterday. We've been told they are closed again today. Things are just not good. Uh, some of the surrounding towns, if you're not familiar with this part of northern New Jersey, uh, you have Wayne and Lincoln Park, where the water levels went up pretty fast there yesterday. This is the worst I've seen it since I've been here. The water rose faster than I've ever seen it before. I mean, from over your boot to over your knee in 15 minutes. Yeah, there's one family here in Lincoln Park. They had just moved into their house like weeks ago, bought this house, bought new furniture to move in. And all of a sudden, the river just took over their house. I mean, it was bad for them. They had to actually move up to the next level, worried that the water was going to keep rising. Everything is uh, already underwater, like the bathrooms, the beds, uh, every the furniture, everything is under the water. Yeah, the water rose so fast for them, they moved from the level where the living room was to the bedrooms and then called for help to get them out. We have a bed uh, upstairs, so we, we stayed there on, until we booked the hotel and... And now we can, we, we're gonna go. Yeah, so we've been communicating with firefighters, first responders in northern New Jersey over the last 24 hours. They were making rescues way into the night in some of these towns. Again, waiting for the water to begin receding. As of late last night, it was still rising. So a lot of concern there. Again, Patterson schools are closed. In a moment, we'll hear from Joel Nolan, see if it's affecting the commute in some of these towns. A lot of other ones, the water has completely receded, but, uh, the Passaic River has just been bad news for those towns that surround it 506 so i should point out in my early days in radio i worked in a station in northern new jersey Uh, the signal was so strong that if you left the parking lot you could not hear it the the radio station but we had a flood that we covered right in the middle of this wayne and you know these tall small towns same river by the way which overflows its banks pretty often and i was doing around the clock coverage and at one point I looked out the window and realized I was now a flood victim. The flood had completely surrounded the radio station, and I was stuck there for like 36 hours until the firefighters in in Pompton Lake sent in a rowboat to rescue me. Anyway, all right, 506. There is new information on the death of a police officer up in Dutchess County. Investigators believe Monday's rainy weather played a role in the crash that killed Officer Dan Dodato. He was just 47 years old, a 19-year veteran of the East Fishkill Police Department. Here's the police supervisor in Fishkill. Dan was a good man. He was a decent man. But the best characteristic of him was his kindness. Flags at half-staff in Fishkill yesterday, growing collection of flowers outside the police department, community in mourning. The uh, heavy rain on Monday afternoon, uh, a pedestrian was struck uh, by a vehicle and they had sent Officer Dodato out to Westchester Medical Center to follow up with that victim about the crash. And that's when his car slid off the roadway uh, off the Taconic near Interstate 84 and hit a tree. 
Uh, he was rushed to the hospital where he passed away. Investigators believe the wet road was clearly the factor in this single car crash. Uh, Dan grew up here in this town. His parents still live in this town. I know his parents. They're good, good people. And uh, we're going to rally around them and we're going to support them and do whatever we can to make sure that they're going to be okay. Yeah, Didato survived by a brother, Mark, a recently retired detective with the town police. All right, 510. Former President Trump being barred from appearing on Colorado's presidential ballot next year. The Colorado Supreme Court said on Tuesday he violated the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist ban on January 6, 2021, when he encouraged the violent demonstrations at the U.S. Capitol. Trump had earlier won similar cases in Michigan and Minnesota and will be on the ballot in those states. Legal experts say the ballot issues surrounding Trump's candidacy will likely make it to the U.S. Supreme Court. The Colorado Supreme Court has given Trump until January 4th to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm Brian Shook. The former president says the decision of the Colorado Supreme Court to ban him from the ballot is a completely flawed decision. The Colorado Supreme Court said on Tuesday uh, that he had violated the Fourth Amendment. Um, and uh, now Trump says um, he's won earlier cases similar to this in Michigan and Minnesota. And he says he's not worried. He says he'll be on the ballot in Colorado. Meanwhile, the president well, campaigning out on the campaign trail. He was in uh, Iowa ahead of next month's caucuses. Biden has been a total catastrophe. And the people that are running against me, uh, these are people that wouldn't have been elected if I wasn't uh, there. I got uh, DeSanctimonious elected. I got Kim Reynolds elected. The uh, Iowa governor, Kim Reynolds, he's talking about there, endorsed Florida Governor DeSantis for the GOP nomination for president. 512. Documents that name many of Jeffrey Epstein's associates are going to be unsealed early next year. So many people are waiting to see this list. A federal judge in New York ordered the court documents to be made public. They're part of a settled civil lawsuit that claims Jelaine Maxwell assisted in the sexual abuse of Virginia Jeffrey. Maxwell was once uh, Epstein's lover, is currently serving a 20-year sentence. It was essentially his madam, apparently, bringing women to him. Uh, What will be in these documents? We don't know whose names are on this list. So many rumored to be whether they have any connection to what took place on these on his remote island that we don't know. But it'll be awfully interesting when that list is released down to Texas at 512, Texas being sued over a newly signed law that allows local cops to arrest anyone who they believe entered the country illegally. The lawsuit brought on by the ACLU overrides bedrock constitutional principles and flouts federal immigration law. The group's legal director there says they fear the law will lead to racial profiling. Elected officials in Texas have ignored their constituents and opted for white supremacist rhetoric. The state wastes billions of taxpayer dollars on failed border policies. And the White House slamming the governor of Texas over this bill, making illegal immigration a state crime. Look, this is an extreme law that will not and does not uh, make the communities in Texas safer. Press, Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre there calling it an extreme law aimed at de- uh, demonizing and dehumanizing immigrants. It is very much in line with what Republicans, uh, many Republicans uh, like to do or tend to do, which is demon, de- de- demonize uh, immigrants and also uh, dehumanize immigrants. Yeah, and Democrats going after President Trump for his latest remarks about illegal immigrants saying, 
that uh, they're poisoning the blood of our country. Those were the president, former president's words. Uh, they've created a firestorm. Uh, El Paso Catholic Bishop Mark Seitz says he cannot believe anyone would use that type of rhetoric. We thought we had passed through those times when somehow somebody could say that and it would be acceptable. Uh, chairman of the U.S. Bishops Committee on uh, Migration fears that Trump's language will encourage some of his supporters to commit acts of violence. Leads people to take actions, either in groups or individually, that are um, directed at innocent people. I just can't believe that somebody would say that in in this day. All right, coming up in just a few moments, we'll head over to Israel, where it seems there may be some signs that a hostage deal could be in place in return for a ceasefire of sorts. We'll get into that story and more. But first at 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noam Olin. What is it, Wednesday morning? That it is. Oh, happy hump day. Right back at you, my thank friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Starting on the ice here, we retreated to a... Uh, Triple header last night in Toronto. Mika Zibanejad scored twice in uh, Igor Shesterkin. Made 31 saves as the Rangers defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs 5-2. Braden Schneider, Alexi Lafreniere, and uh, Artemi Panarin also scored for New York, which owns the best record in the Eastern Conference. On the ice in Newark, the Devils lost a nail-biter in overtime to the visiting Philadelphia Flyers. Final score there, 3-2. Owen Tepet stole the puck in the Devils' zone and scored with 135 left in overtime to cap the win. For Philly, Michael McLeod and Jesper Bratt tallied the uh, goals for the Devils, who are now 6-7-2 and two at home so far this season. And finally out in Elmont, Anders Lee and Bo, uh, Bo Horvat scored power play goals, and the Islanders beat the visiting Edmonton Oilers 3-1. to one. Simon Holmstrom scored his league-leading fifth shorthanded goal, and Ilias Rogan stopped 30 shots and are out to the Isles, snapping a two-game skid. They'll be right back at it tonight in Washington. Face off at the Capitals at 7.30. In basketball, local teams had a collective night off last night, but both will be back on the court tonight and against each other to boot with the Knicks and the Nets getting set to go head-to-head at the Barclays Center. Sid will be in attendance. Tip-off there is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. And news regarding the New York Jets yesterday afternoon, and specifically quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who finally indicated that he won't play again this season. Rodgers appearing on the Pat McAfee show, his weekly appearance there, had this to say about his timeline to return. If I was 100% uh, today, um, I'd be definitely pushing to play. Um, but the fact is I'm not. I've been working hard to, uh, to get closer to that. But I'm still, you know, 14 weeks uh, tomorrow from my surgery and, uh, you know, being medically cleared uh, as 100% uh, healed is just uh, not realistic at, uh, at 14 weeks. Not realistic indeed. Glad we could finally put that uh Wait, I'm confused because... It seemed like he was going to play, and then, of course, you know, the Jets were out of the playoffs. So, yeah. But would he have played if the Jets were in playoff contention? Yeah, he was going to. He say, he actually said, he went on to say he was willing to give it a shot, if even if he wasn't 100% and if the Jets were in contention. Hmm, okay. um, but obviously, unfortunately, that is not the case. Uh, and I think this is a smart move. I think it would have been the smart move to keep him, to keep him on the sideline regardless. Uh, even if they were in contention. Well, if they were in contention, wouldn't you just stick with the guy who got you there? Right, exactly. Okay. Not a, not a bad, you know what, Noam? That's not a bad point. <laughs> but then when you, but then again, when you have Aaron Rodgers standing on the sideline and he's quote unquote ready to go, you know, hmm. it's one of the greatest. That would have been a tough call. You know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So, gotta make a decision there. But I think they made the right call. 
How all long right. is he going to be on the field next year? Past 11 minutes. <laughs> That's all he has to do is break, is break this year's <laughs> break this year's mark. 12 and a half minutes. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. He'll set off uh, fireworks at MetLife when he hits a 12-minute mark. <laughs> We're terrible people. They should do something. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Do something. they should. Uh, that's Sports Now. I'm Justin Ellick on WABC. WABC News Time 520. We had been following this story overnight, and we just got confirmation so we can bring it to you. A local Philadelphia news helicopter crashed with two workers on board last night. It was an Action News helicopter, which is the ABC affiliate in Philly. They had actually were in Wharton State Forest. Uh, that's in New Jersey. Around 8 o'clock last night, there was a photographer, a pilot. They were the only people on board. The seven-seat aircraft were returning from that assignment. Uh, apparently at the Jersey Shore, and we're making their way back to Philadelphia. The identities of the photographer, the pilot, uh, have not been released. We actually don't even know for sure what their condition is. But, of course, as more information comes in on that crash, we will pass that on to you. Overseas, the Israel-Hamas war raging on in the Gaza Strip. Halani Gorani, reporter, speaking about the current status of the war. There have been renewed attacks across the Gaza Strip with airstrikes reported in the north around and on the Jabalia refugee camp, as well as on southern parts of the Gaza Strip, which have become densely populated after evacuation orders by the Israeli military. Human rights activists, aid groups uh, the, say the majority of Gaza's population has been displaced since the fighting began, and they say around half face starvation today. There have been renewed attacks across the Gaza Strip with airstrikes reported in the north around and on the Jabalia refugee camp, as well as on southern parts of the Gaza Strip, which have become densely populated after evacuation orders by the Israeli military. Lloyd Austin met with his Israeli counterpart in this country, stressing the uh, notion that important discussions are being had about de-escalating the conflict and moving it to a new phase. We are hearing from the UN Relief and Works Agency uh, that there are many other issues beyond the injuries, beyond the deaths faced uh, specifically by the children and the most vulnerable Gazans inside of the Strip. And what Alex Trayman is telling me this morning, he is, of course, the excellent correspondent in Jerusalem from JNS.org, is Israel's prepared to accept an additional pause in its battle against Hamas to enable the release of Israeli hostages in the Gaza Strip. Israeli President Isaac Herzog uh, holding a briefing saying uh, with um, ambassadors and diplomats from around the world, uh, he says the responsibility for the situation lies fully with Hamas and their leadership, but he says the Israelis are are ready to make another deal to release more of the hostages. And, of course, there's so much uh, coming out of that war and affecting other places around the world, uh, businesses, a new international task force led by the U.S. now going to defend commercial cargo ships from Iranian-backed Houthis, those rebels, in the Red Sea. Ships and aircraft from multiple nations are and will continue to join the United States in conducting maritime surveillance and taking defensive action as appropriate to protect commercial ships from the threat posed by the Houthis. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby there says recent attacks on merchant ships are unacceptable and they have to stop. All that underscores the dependence that these economies have around the world on the strategic trade. Um, Bottom line is, these attacks have to stop. They need to stop. They're unacceptable. This operation is an important new multinational security initiative under the umbrella of Combined Maritime Forces and the leadership of its task force, 153. 
Yeah, and the Houthis have been targeting commercial vessels in protest over the Israel-Gaza war. And back home, there's so many connections, of course, between Israel and Gaza. Uh, Palestinian Americans who have lost relatives in Gaza. Speaking out in New Jersey yesterday, the 10 families that showed up for this pest conference uh, say that they've had over a 1,000 relatives killed between them. I'd like to let you know that 13 minutes ago, I got, I got a text message from my mom that someone that was very close to her um, was just killed. 32 family members of my family, were um, their house was bombed. Half of them are still under the rubble. Israel's killed over 90 uh, family members of mine. In a matter of few hours, over 104 members of my family were slaughtered by Israel. Now, these impacted families, they didn't know each other. They were total strangers before the war. They were brought together by the Council on American-Islamic Relations for this press conference. They've started a WhatsApp group to support each other because they essentially lost their entire families in Gaza. Before the death toll had reached 20,000, long before that, we've been calling on our elected officials to support a ceasefire. Yesterday, I just received a uh, lost... Uh, Number 120 Palestinian family members to an airstrike by the Israelis. Please, we want ceasefire now in Gaza. Please, President Biden, these people, not number, these people are human. So many conflicting numbers about the death toll in Gaza. The Hamas-run health ministry says it's nearly 20,000 have died during the war. Let's bring it back home. 525, Google has agreed to pay $700 million to states and consumers in an antitrust settlement. California Attorney General Rob Bonta says Google violated federal and state antitrust laws with anti-competitive behavior. That includes preventing other app stores from being preloaded on Android devices. That means buying off companies who may have launched rival app stores to Google Play Store. California, among all the 50 states, District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, too, with Virgin Islands that have joined in in this settlement. They essentially effectively maintained a monopoly and gouged consumers and developers in the process. Google created an unfair marketplace designed to funnel profits back to the company at the expense of of consumers. 526, the TSA, Transportation Security Administration, says uh, it's going to be really busy next couple weeks for the holidays. Just you know, a ton of people flying out of town. TSA's Lisa Farbstein recommending travelers bring any gifts they have unwrapped. That's because if the gift item alarms, the TSA officers are going to need to resolve the alarm. And of course, we don't want that to mean unwrapping a gift. So if you're flying out tomorrow, or Friday. Those are considered to be the two biggest days during the Christmas week. And then New Year's Day apparently will be huge as well. We expect to screen more than 2.5 million travelers every one of those days. Compared to last year, that's about a 6% increase. And they fall under the category of liquids. So please, if you're traveling with preserves or, or even maple syrup, which are often uh, good gifts during the holiday season, please pack those in your checked bag. All right, we'll do so. President Biden honoring the late Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, her funeral yesterday at the National Cathedral. Gracious and wise, civil and principled, Sandra Day O'Connor, the daughter of the American West, was a pioneer in her own right. O'Connor, of course, became the first woman on the Supreme Court after being appointed by uh, President Reagan back in 1981, if I'm not mistaken. She died earlier this month at the age of 93. To her, the Supreme Court was bedrock, the bedrock of America. It was a vital, the vital line of defense for the values and the vision of our republic.
It was a nice service. Uh, watched a little bit of it yesterday from the National Cathedral. The opening bell. It rings this morning after stocks closed higher to end the day yesterday. Closing bell. Dow gained 252 points. S&P 500 rose by 27. The Nasdaq gained 98. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news <coughs> with Noah on 77 WABC. Oh, you got me clearing my throat there. Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 20th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today. Going to be a nice one. High 47. Tonight, overnight, clear, low 30. And then it cools down just a little bit for Thursday. Sunshine, high 44. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 29 and clear in Yonkers up in Westchester County. 28 and clear in Lakewood down in New Jersey. And it is 30 and clear outside our Midtown studios. We'll start this half hour right here in the big city. Migrants. At the Big Apple's tent shelter at Floyd Bennett Field, say Monday's monster storm caused metal bolts and hinges to drop from the ceiling. They say they were terrified that the structure would collapse with those high winds Monday. Several migrants uh, say they spent a sleepless night inside the site in Brooklyn. Uh, there's about 1,700 migrants living in this tent. Uh, at one point, they say the winds were as high as 50 miles per hour. A handful of migrants uh, showing off these metal pieces that they claim came down as they were sleeping or walking around this tent city. And uh, our own Curtis Lewa heard about what was going on there, and he wanted to check it out for himself. But uh, when he showed up there last night, they would not let him in. Uh, so he sent me this video, and I'm happy to play it. Now here we are. You got the four tents behind us. You got all the migrants behind us. They won't let us get any closer. And we've gone all throughout Marine Park in the area where the illegal aliens are going, and they're begging. They're going door to door. They're outside of King's Plaza. They're outside of Walgreens, 7-Eleven, Speedway, begging, begging, begging. They get enough back here. They get food, clothes. We provide them with everything. We don't even provide our own homeless and emotionally disturbed and veterans. So we have got to come up with a plan, and we are working on it, so that by January 1st, we're going to force this issue. This begging has got to stop. They should not be permitted to beg. The city is not disciplining them. There's no structure there, no rules or regulations. And we're going to force the city to do their job. Stay tuned. Yeah, it sounds like it was a windy night there. City Hall, though, claims there was an evacuation plan that was readied in the lead up to the storm, which dumped about two to four inches in our area. Um, but they said it did not need to be used. But that's uh, some of the people who are living in that migrant tent city say it was not pleasant as the rain pelted them on Sunday into Monday. We're getting more information about those five-year-old twins who mysteriously died up in their Bronx apartment Monday morning. The uh, police are telling us that the two had been violently sick, had been vomiting at school. They were sent home. They're uh, being currently investigated their deaths as a medical tragedy. The boy 
had apparently been exhibiting cold symptoms for about two weeks, including a runny nose and vomiting. His sister had an ear infection, was also vomiting, acting irrationally. So they were both kept home from school on Monday. Their mother says she last saw them alive at 5 a.m. She planned to take them to the hospital when they woke up, but they never did. Police say the children were cold to the touch when their mother found them lifeless in their beds. This was about 11 a.m. that morning. She then called 911. Uh, EMTs raced to the scene. They tried to do CPR and failed. Uh, neighbors say there was nothing going on with this family. They say they were a good uh, group of people. But I saw her come out with the ambulance. I saw her crying. Yeah. Every time they see you, they will hug you. Really nice kids. I feel their pain right now. If that happens, you know, I, I, don't, want, I don't want to think about it. It's, it's really hard. It's sad. So an autopsy is ongoing, but the medical examiner's office has already been told detectives that there's no evidence of strangulation or bruising on the bodies. The parents, immigrants from Ghana, and all indications are that the mother was loving and caring. And actually, she slept in the kids' beds many nights. Uh, Their father is a home health attendant who slept at his job in Portchester and raced home after hearing about their deaths. It seems like just a tragic situation. And this one piece of advice I remember getting when I was a young father, which I think is a great one to pass on to any parent, is if you are worried at all about your kid's health, don't hesitate to bring in the doctor. And some people are afraid to go because they say they'll get to the doctor and the doctor says nothing's wrong with them. I mean, that's what you want to hear. But in this case, uh, obviously, they probably should have taken them to the doctor a whole lot sooner, not the ending anybody wanted to see. WABC News Time 539. New York State now going to look into potential slavery reparations. Governor Hochul signing a bill yesterday that orders the creation of a nine-member commission to study the state's history on slavery. Former slaves and their children and their children's and the children across our nation have been haunted for generations by racism and disenfranchisement. So we looked at this bill. It states the commission will look into appropriate remedies, reparations, potential policy and legislative solutions for damages done to people and their communities. Uh, The Reverend Al Sharpen and weighing in, he thinks this is a good move. Somewhere there has to be where we pause and repair the damage that was done. You cannot heal unless you deal with the wounds more than giving people a simple apology 150 years later. This bill makes it possible to have a conversation, a reasoned debate about what we want the future to look like. Now, you might guess a lot of lawmakers pushing back against this. Assemblyman Andy Goodell, who voted against the measure, says he'd rather focus on existing efforts to bring equal opportunity as opposed to reparations. We're getting tons of these pharmacy break-ins. We had told you about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, The FBI involved in this. People breaking into pharmacies essentially to steal drugs. In some cases money as well if it's lying around. Most of these are private small pharmacies so it's not like CVS or Duane Reed. It is your local pharmacy, one that's you know probably down the street from you, uh, they're being busted into mostly in the middle of the night. All kinds of drugs taken. Uh, one of them, Columbo's Pharmacy in Queens, has been this uh, trusted community pillar for decades. The owner says um, it's the first time his shop's ever been broken into. Others who did not want to identify themselves uh, for fear that the criminals would come back, say that they've stolen uh, pills like oxycodone, all kinds of stuff that they can sell for all kinds of money on the streets. Amphetamines, um, 
couple of benzodiazepines as well. Um, they did. They reached for whatever they could find. Yeah. So, and we can tell anyway. None of these robberies took place when the stores were open. Uh, the maybe the alarm systems and the security maybe not as tight in these local pharmacies as they would be in some of the chain ones. Uh, there have been twenty neighborhood pharmacies across the city that have been targeted this year alone. Just four over the past weekend in Queens. We're a little bit more weary of who comes in now, and like we never used to have that before. The NYPD Inspector Nicholas Fiore says his team has seen how this burglary crew works. He's seeing two to four people in multiple cars going around citywide. The robberies have taken place, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island. Uh, nobody has been hurt, thankfully, in any of these. Of course, the businesses have been hurt because they've been wiped out. They'll come in and all the drugs that are meant to be handed out to people who are customers are all gone. Uh, again, the FBI involved in this now. And if you want to see this crew at work, you can. Uh, it is sort of fascinating to watch how quickly they move into the pharmacies and then move back out. Go to WABCRadio.com. That video is up this morning. A comment made by Mayor Eric Adams was raising all kinds of eyebrows over the last 24 hours. You might have heard it during a sit down interview with WPIX on Sunday on this show called uh, Picks on Politics. The mayor was asked what word he would use to describe 2023. And the mayor responded with what was an interesting answer. Mr. Mayor, we've come to the end of what was a very eventful 2023, right? (laughs) So when you look at the totality of the year. If you had to describe it, and it's tough to do, in one word, what would that word be, and tell me why? Uh, New York. Uh, This is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center to a... Yeah, so you heard that right. He talks about a plane crashing into the World Trade Center. In a press conference yesterday, uh, he responded to the criticism, lots of people getting down on the mayor for saying that. Um, He claims that he didn't really do anything wrong. There was no real apology from the mayor during this press conference yesterday. And I think it's an insult as someone who served during 9-11, served during 9-11. I didn't read about it. I didn't hear about it. I lost very dear friends and colleagues. I've said it over and over again, the resiliency, the complexities of our city. 9-11 was a devastating time. I still remember getting calls Yeah, so the mayor continued to say that because of his authenticity, it's likely people will find many faults with the way he speaks and how he talks the way a New Yorker talks. However, he did urge that his comment was not to desecrate or make light of the tragedy of 9-11. But also know something else. 9-12, we got up. Storekeepers opened their stores. Teachers taught. Police, police, we said to the terrorism, we're not going to be in fear. Yeah, mayor going for no doubt a tough time. Adams has the lowest approval rating for a New York City mayor since 1996, according to a Quinnipiac University poll that was released earlier this month. 545 now. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. And here's Justin Ellen. Thank you, Noam Alitum. Start on the ice here. We retreated to a triple header last night in Toronto. Miko Zibanejad's for twice. And Igor Shosturkin made 31 saves as the Rangers defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs 5-2. Braden Schneider, Alexi Lafreniere, and Artemi Panarin also scored for New York, which owns the best record in the Eastern Conference. On the ice in Newark, the Devils lost a nail-biter in overtime to the visiting Philadelphia Flyers. Final score there, 3-2. to 
Oh, and Tippett stole the puck in the double zone and scored with 135 left in overtime to cap the win for Philly. Michael McLeod and Jesper Bratt tallied for the Devils, who are now 6-7-2 and two at home so far this season. And finally, out in Elmont, Anders Lee and Bo Horvat uh, scored power play goals, and the Islanders beat the visiting Edmonton Oilers 3-1. Simon Holmstrom scored his league-leading fifth shorthanded goal, and Ilya Sorokin stopped 30 shots en route to the Isles snap in a two-game skid. They'll be right back at it tonight in Washington to face off at the Capitals at 7.30. In basketball, local teams had a collective night off last night, but both will be back on the court tonight and against each other to boot with the Knicks and the Nets getting set to go head-to-head at the Barclays Center. Tip-off is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. there. And news regarding the New York Jets yesterday afternoon, and specifically quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who finally indicated that he won't play again this season. Rodgers appeared on the Pat McAfee show. He had this to say about his timeline to return. If I was 100% today, um, I'd be definitely pushing to play. Um, But the fact is, I'm not. I've been working hard to uh, to get closer to that. But I'm still, you know, 14 weeks uh, tomorrow from my surgery and, uh, you know, being medically cleared uh, as 100% uh, healed is just uh, not realistic at, uh, at 14 weeks. Although he said he is still weeks out from being 100%, Rodgers was willing to play and take that risk if the Jets still had a shot at the postseason, but unfortunately, they do not. That is Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. One of the biggest ones in our area is what's happening in northern New Jersey, the Passaic River cresting, overflowing its banks. This was about 2 o'clock yesterday that it started to seep in and then really heavily come in into Little Falls. That's an area that does get flooded quite often when there's big rainstorms. But uh, others, places like Patterson, they took on rain as well. Uh, Lots of rescues made of people who were stuck in their homes. This is uh, people in Little Falls. Quality at its highest height. Uh, You know, they certainly, uh, rescuing them in those locations is not an easy task. It's something that may at some point become impossible. Yeah, the water was really high last night. They made about 11 rescues, and then they realized they would have to hold off on the rest. People would have to wait for the water to recede. But the water continued to rise through the night. Our hope is obviously that it started to recede now. The mayor of Little Falls says they're running the pumps 24 hours a day, even if they burn them out to get the water out. We're going to have a period of uh, sustainability sustained levels of the river and then it'll start to recede. My heart really breaks for for everybody this time of year that's dealing with this. Keeping families in their homes for the holidays is certainly more important than a pump burning out. Now, there were sections that don't see this kind of water and Patterson hit really hard. I have to get used to this life. You know, I've never, never lived around flooded areas. Patterson declared a state of emergency following Sunday's coastal storm. They closed schools yesterday, knowing that the river would crest uh, yesterday, which it did. They made some evacuations last night, including a man who needed dialysis, a 14-year-old who was stuck home alone. We had a whole host of issues relative to cars being stuck and accidents as well. I know people, you know, try to drive through and think that their cars are going to make it. It just, it, it, it puts everybody in a bad position, especially the rescuers having to go in there to rescue them. Same thing for Wayne. Uh, they had to be, neighbors had to be rescued by a police marine unit there yesterday. Uh, Lincoln Park, uh, there they're amazed about how water, high, high, uh, let me get this right, how high, there we go, the water is. This is the worst I've seen it since I've been here. The water rose faster than I've ever seen it before. I mean, from over your boot to over your knee in 15 minutes. Yeah, that was the case for a family who lives in Lincoln Park. They had just moved into this house weeks ago, bought new furniture. Now the river has taken 
over the home. Everything is uh, already underwater, like the bathrooms, the beds, uh, every the furniture, everything is under the water. The water rose so fast and was so frightening that it took over the first level of their house. We're going to put pictures of this up at WABCRadio.com. It is devastating that they had to move to the second floor, and they were worried how high the water would come. Uh, thankfully, it did not go that high. We have a bed uh, upstairs, so we, we stayed there on, until we booked the hotel and... And now we can we we gonna go. Yeah, so we're hoping for the best for all those people affected by those floods. Of course, keep it here, seventy-seven WABC for the latest on the flooding in northern New Jersey. We have new information on the death of a police officer in Dutchess County. Investigators now believe Monday's rainy weather played a role in the crash that killed Officer Dan Dodato. He was just 47 years old, a 19-year veteran of the East Fishkill Police Department. The department's supervisor speaking out yesterday. Dan was a good man. He was a decent man. But the best characteristic of him was his kindness flag half staff there was growing collection of flowers outside the police department yesterday the entire community just in morning small town during the heavy rain this is the thought um a pedestrian was struck by a vehicle and they had sent out officer didato to check on him and do a follow-up with him and that's when his car slid off the taconic this was just south of interstate 84 hit a tree he was fatally injured investigators believe the wet road was a factor in the single car crash uh, dan grew up here in this town his parents still live in this town i know his parents they're good good people and uh, we're going to rally around them and we're going to support them and do whatever we can to make sure that they're going to be okay yeah we wish the best for that family bring it back here into the city. Mayor Adams says he plans to veto two bills if they're passed by the city council as soon as today. The council, considering legislation that would require the NYPD to record more encounters with the public and end solitary confinement in New York City jails. What I have found is the idealism collides with realism and the talking points of a bill is different from the operationalizing of a bill. The council speaker, though, Adrian Adams, says this bill requiring the NYPD to report encounters is being misinterpreted and the legislation provides basic data transparency and she says creates consistency when it comes to reporting. And I guarantee you they don't support something like this. They don't want to handcuff police. Police. They want to handcuff violent people. The mayor says he just wants a better bill. 554, New Jersey Congressman Josh Gottheimer sounding the alarm on an air traffic controller shortage at the big three area airports. With the holiday travel in full swing, the congressman says staffing today is only at 54% at Newark, LaGuardia, and JFK. We have a huge problem on our hands. This air traffic controller shortage poses a serious long-term safety issue and results in increased flight delays. If you don't have the staff, you can't put as many planes up in the air. Yeah, sounds dangerous. He's demanding federal transportation and infrastructure leaders pass a funding bill that would require the FAA to hire the maximum number of air traffic controllers possible. Jersey families who saved their hard-earned dollars for trips should not have to face repeated flight delays and costly cancellations, especially during the holidays when they just want to go see their friends and family. Gottheimer says uh, the uh, fewer air traffic controller staff leads to increased delays and long-term safety issues. Up to the Hudson Valley, where Congressman Mike Lawler 
uh, is talking about his policy of banning television news cameras from his publicly funded town hall meetings. Lawler says the practice is aimed at protecting the privacy of his constituents and offering them the opportunity to speak freely at these public meetings without fear of retaliation or ridicule. Of course, members of the press uh, don't like this idea. They say it's a public meeting. The government taxpayers pay for it. And so the press should be allowed in. This is not about prohibiting press. It is about actually having a discussion with my constituents, which we've done four of these. I've stood in taken dozens upon dozens of questions from constituents. My answer is the same no matter where I give it. So it's not a function of, uh, of any of that. All right. So but he's now saying he'll reexamine his ban on television news cameras at town hall meetings and decide whether the ban will continue in the coming year. We want to make sure that people feel free to have a discussion with me and that it doesn't turn into uh, a little bit of a spectacle. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo the Bull. Remember him? Uh, he's the one that raced onto the train tracks at Newark Penn Station and uh, then uh, raced around Newark last week. Uh, we're getting an update on him. I'm sure you're really worried about that. The team at Skyland Animal Sanctuary uh, that took him in says he's getting used to the peace and quiet. He escaped a slaughterhouse last week, and that was why he ended up on the train tracks and all over Newark until they sedated him and brought him to this animal sanctuary. So here's Ricardo. Outside in this little isolation area now, where he'll be until he gets the okay from the vet. He's doing very well. The one-year-old 750-pound bull shut down part of New Jersey Transit last week for about 45 minutes or so when he decided to take that walk onto the tracks. By the way, um, the and New Jersey Transit is now selling a plush doll that you can go to their website and buy Ricardo the Bull dolls uh, just in time for Christmas.